0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Welcome back to the second hour of In the Locker Room with Starks, me, and the Ninjas in the locker room. ESPN Pittsburgh, Steelers Nation Radio. number, well, forget the number. We'll get it later. Because right now we have, I believe, we have the coach, Tom Bradley, joining us. Coach, how you doing?
2: I'm
0: doing good. Hey, are you
2: guys. I, the rumor is you guys are already in L.A. So,
0: uh, Malibu. Ma- I made you guys. Wait, I made your reservations in Nobu tonight. So. Oh. oh, hey, hey, hey And hey, hey, that's a guy that knows. Tom, you know <laughs> Nobu in Malibu is different than the Nobu in L.A. That that is and what I, gets you gives me. a who's who? I- I, I left my credit card there. So you guys could have a good time on me,
2: but I guess, are you, are you in L.A. or Pittsburgh? Where are you?
1: Well, I'm going to be in L.A. if your card is there. It's only, it's only, good,
2: for, that? It's only good for tonight until lunchtime tomorrow.
1: <laughs> All I can say is, you, who's so known to have oh uh, short arms and, and deep pockets, I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I'll tell you
1: what. When you guys
0: heading out, anyway, when do you guys gotta head
1: out? Oh, we're heading out. I'm heading out Saturday. We'll be out there. So uh,
0: I'm okay. leaving out Friday because I I have the USC UCLA game on Saturday.
1: How about so, that, uh, huh? He's there. a big hitter, early. isn't he, Tom? Well, huh? that's,
0: that's gonna be
2: a, hey, that's gonna be a great game. Are they playing at the Coliseum?
0: Yeah, yeah, they're doing it in the Coliseum. So cross town classic. Great,
2: what a, what a, yeah, you know it's a great event. Having been a part of that, it's a, it's a fabulous. Uh, it's really a fantastic uh, game. It really is. Uh, you know, tremendous-
1: you know, Tom. We were out in LA. And we played at the Coliseum in the early '80s. There, I'll never forget. We went into the Coliseum to practice. We're playing the Raiders, of course, and um, the water sprinklers were turned on when we had it. We we're supposed to have our, our Saturday jog through, you know, at the stadium because back in the day we used to go there the day before the game, and so we we get there and we can't get on the field, right? So then we got to go to the USC practice field and take the buses, which is, it's like a mile or something from the Coliseum to USC. We practice at USC's outdoor facility. And then when we come back, the buses are sitting there. There's no drivers. All right, <laughs> Al Davis, they, he did something. He got rid of the drivers. We walked back to the Coliseum, took our showers. With, there was no cold water hot water, so all we had was cold water. And so everyone was yelling, Al, Al, you did this, Al, because they always accused <laughs> Al Davis of having listening devices in the, uh, the visiting locker room. It was rather humorous, I will say. Did you win the game, though? Yes, we won the game. We beat the Raiders. Raiders. So that was nice. Coach, we got a situation coming up now where uh, the great Minka Fitzpatrick, and I I truly believe this guy is a great player. He is one of those guys that um, his talents are far beyond just stats. Uh, what he brings out there. But how in the world are you going to replace a Minka Fitzpatrick when you got a guy like Justin Herbert, who not only can throw the rock, he's one of the best deep ball throwers in the league?
2: Boy, that may be by committee, um, you know, how they're going to figure that out. Minka, because he does so many things well and what you can do with him, you know, not only play free, he can come in the box, he can get inside, do a lot of different things. Um, you know, that's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting because what I say that, too, is, you know, the status of Joe Hayden. You know, if if Joe is going to be able to go or not, um, it's going to be interesting, too. So you look for, you know, Trey Norwood, uh, Miles, Killebrew, those guys to get some extra work. Uh, And do you also, and I throw this out there only because I know he can do stuff like this, is do you maybe take Cam Sutton and give him some work in the, you know, Mm. The safety only because Cam is 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 a true Swiss Army knife that can do so many different things, and you've seen him do it over his career. And he picks up football so by that I mean picks up so fast. By that I mean he's he he has great um, um, understanding of, of all the positions back there, even when he he doesn't practice them. He just has a real feel for it. So I just throw that out there. Obviously, I'm not just don't know anything, but that may be an option too.
0: No, I, 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 think, I think you're on to something because I mean that that's really one of the things because Minka's so versatile, you know, and Wolf and I kind of had this exercise in our mind about how do you switch in enough guys because we know that we have guys who who excel in pass coverage and guys who excel who excel in run run defense, and how do you do that? Do you do you move Terrell in? Do you move one of the other guys out? You know, where does Trey Norwood, Brew, Joseph, and I think, like you said, Sutton fit into that. So, you know, looking at that, I think another thing defensively, schematically, that we have to account for is J.J. Watt not being in there. So, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts in this defense. I mean, when you look at it, knowing you have Tuska and Charlton who are going to have to fill T.J.'s role, um how how much stress does that put on a defensive game plan when you have such two such prominent players and you kind of have guys who have specialties? I mean, is it do you create packages
2: for that? Well, you're going to have your game plan and then you are going to have packages, but the, one of the things is and you you're not going to be able to replace TJ Watt. Um yeah. hopefully he's going to be ready by game time. He's just a difference maker and you know there's things he does that you, you just can't teach and they're not schematically or anything. He's just a heck of a football player and, and is able to give you a lot of do a lot of different things for you. It's gonna be interesting of uh, the packages how they put it together once again, you know I don't know what Joe's health is with the toe if Joe can go, I'm sure he's gonna go, but that's gonna be interesting to see how they get those guys in and out of there to do all the different things. And I go back to Cam only because he, as you've seen him do, he's played corner, he's played safety, he's played nickel-dime, he's played everywhere, okay? So, you know, is there something special they have planned for him? And then James Pierre and Justin Lane, depending on Joe's status, do we get more work out of them at the corner position?
1: That's, you know, that's really intriguing. Now, I'm, I'm trying to picture that in my mind, and then thinking about Cam and his capabilities. You've got one of the most dangerous deep throwers in the league in Justin Herbert. His offense, his wide receivers, um, do a, a terrific job, as, as from what I can see, it, in getting separation down the field. His long ball. He's like uh, he's got three touchdowns and no interceptions on throwing long, which leads the league in that department. So obviously, I got to believe that they're going to be threatening the deep safety in whatever fashion at some point in time here. Uh, and probably doing so a number of times with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Um, Cam Sutton, yes. what, let me ask you this. How how do you we, – we, when Cam – when you talk about a player's overall knowledge, is that including the leverages of the underneath guys as well, being able to understand who's got what?
2: Yeah, he's just got tremendous football awareness. And, Wolf, I want to go back to a point you made. When you said visualize in your mind, that kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, your mind, okay. Now I got to go back and think. How does your mind think? Right. <laughs> this is a tough, this, see what I mean, Max? You got to understand this all. So yeah, visual, no, I get you. I'm trying to visualize how your mind works. But anyway, okay. So.
1: <laughs> well, just picture walking into a golden corral. That's what my mind. <laughs> there you go, baby. That's how my mind works. <laughs>
2: they put it on a lot of this may be a game time decision i'm sure they have a a few plans ready you know coach austin's going to have something ready to go coach butler you know they're going to have uh, trying to plot all the different things that may happen in this game you know who's available to them when the game starts and then we're not even factoring in if there's an injury during the game yeah so there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of moving parts in this one as you said justin herbert is a heck of a deep thrower um you know haven't seen tina now before he's a tough hombre to handle Mike Williams, is, you know, it's going to be a, a real challenge. And, and, you know, the, the chargers have some of their, their problems too. You know, they've got some of their guys aren't going to be able to play in the game too. Also.
0: Very, very apropos. I mean, that, 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 that was the next thing I was going to come up with when you're looking at an opponent that's also down um, on the same side of the board. I mean, do you sit there and say, okay, we have our wounds, but and they have their wounds. Okay, everything should be equal uh, from that perspective. But I'm looking at this Charger squad, and you know, what's your evaluation of Justin Herbert um, as a player and uh, and as a guy that you need to combat against? I mean, he's o- he's only a second year, but still, he's still he's still a very deadly guy that wants to throw the ball. But you know, obviously, he does get into trouble because he he is only a second year guy.
3: Yeah, he'll
2: get into trouble, uh, you know, how much the Steelers can disguise with what they have left in that secondary. It'll be interesting, but the point that you made about Justin Herbert, like he can let that ball go deep. He is still an excellent deep ball thrower, and that's the one thing I think you have to guard against in this game.
1: Coach, when you when you look at Terrell Edmonds, one of the things I'm, I'm – he's so uh, excellent in and around the line of scrimmage and the box and everything, but can he play free safety? Can he play over the top on guys? Yes, he can, and he
2: and he's another guy that sometimes gets lost with um, you know, all the different things that they do, but Terrell, you know, his game is getting better each and every week, and you can see him developing, and he's a guy that I'm sure they're going to ask to do some things this week that maybe they haven't asked him to do in the past.
1: No doubt yeah, about no, it.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Uh, Coach, one of the other things that I, th- I, I thought was, um, you know, very telling – you know, from last week, Pat Fryer move you know, owns up to his mistake, you know, with fumbling the ball. Um, but did you did you did you see the play? I mean, for the D B, are you surprised that when they were doing the review for that turnover that they didn't they did not review the hit that was laid to free the ball loose? Um, you know, with the with the with the D B lowering his helmet. Uh, and and using it as, quote-unquote, a weapon uh, to jar the ball loose by hitting Friermuth right in the elbow-rib area? Well, what's interesting is, being that I'm a defensive guy, no. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) There's the truth right there. There it is. is.
1: But now it all plays out. You guys, offensive
2: guys, are always looking for something, you know. But, no, I thought it was a good play by the DB, and I think Pat – you know, he's owned up to it. I think he just got a little careless with that football in that situation. but uh, And that's odd for him because he's, he's an excellent football player. I'm not taking anything away from that guy. He's, he's got a great future ahead of him, and uh, he's going to be a, a weapon for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a lot of years to come.
1: No doubt about it. And what's interesting to me is, you know, from a coaching perspective, um, what do, you, do you say anything to him? I mean, do you do – you, you know, because he, he – the the final words he says, you know, you got to – basically he's saying you got to own it, you got to learn from it, and then you got to flush it. You got to, you know, move on past it.
2: Yeah, he's not going to dwell on it. I, th- I, I think he knows, you know, he would, he would probably – you know, he would – Love to have to play back, obviously, but it, 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 he's going to learn from this thing. He's just a rookie, but, but uh, I think he's a, he- a heck of a talent just a, a great. Uh, I think they'll be yelling uh, Muth for a long time in Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, abso- absolutely, I mean the Muth is loose.
1: So. <laughs> 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 no and, I, and I'm not just saying
0: that because he's a Penn State guy either. So, okay, I think he's an excellent player.
4: Sure, sure, <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. I
2: him <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Come, come on. on. I know
1: you're still wearing your Nittany Lion boxer shorts, okay? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but let me, let me ask you this. What do you, speaking of, what do you, what do you know about Carl Joseph? Uh, the player he was i remember him coming out of college wvu my brother who's down there and does a lot of the, the stuff down there uh you know radio stuff um he was. he talked about him a lot very high uh you know in, in terms of very high uh player caliber um do you think he's son- i really like
2: Cole. you know i was with him at west virginia for one year so okay okay he's a heck of a competitor uh, I really like him. I was surprised that he hasn't in this league hasn't progressed faster because I thought his talent level, you know, being a first round pick, he had first round pedigree. I think he just needs to find a home and uh, where he feels comfortable. I think he's at the perfect spot with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, and Carl is a guy that, you know, uh, he's he's a really fine football player. And as I said, I think this would be a great opportunity to to see what he can do. Uh, Having been around him and watch his competitiveness and the way he practices and his work ethic and all those different things, you know, uh, he likes to play football. He's a football player, uh, and hopefully, you know, this is going to be a good spot for him and get get a shot to show what he
0: can do. No, absolutely. Um, You know, Coach.
2: And by the way, did
0: a great job down at West Virginia
2: too. He was he was very good.
1: Oh, Dale, yeah.
2: Yeah, Dale does an excellent job because he really does good work for them down there. And I'm sure he didn't learn that from you.
3: But anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, the parting shot, we got a break on that parting shot. That was a good one. Coach, hey, Jacob, am I bleeding? Because I think Coach has tagged me. Okay? All right. Hey.
2: When I can, I got to get him
1: in. You got it in good. That was a nice one. All right. Hey, thank you so much, Coach. Appreciate you coming in the locker room as always. We love having you there.
2: I canceled
0: the reservation
1: at Noby. <laughs> no, don't you dare. Max and I, we're going <laughs> to be there. <laughs>
0: we're we're going to find a way. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. a way. we'll make a way. All
1: right. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. See you guys. All right. Time. Thank you, brother. We'll be right back. Uh, we got uh, Jerry Dulac. Hopefully, uh, is, he's uh, transversing Pennsylvania somewhere. Uh, hopefully, you'll be able to tune in because he's, you know, he's around the mountains out there. Who knows what's going on? Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, exactly. exactly. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood
0: Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Back in the locker room here, and the locker room is also a rest stop, but somewhere out in the middle of nowhere where the great Jerry Dulak has paused to be able to make sure that he's got a signal. I heard that he climbed up on top of a mountain, and he's holding his, his phone. The Cool Breeze is holding the phone up to make sure he's got a signal. Is that true, Jerry?
5: Wolf, I got to the highest point of elevation here on uh, heading in the mountains. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to be sure I pulled over so the signal didn't go on and off. But I'll tell you what, I, I'm guessing you could probably hear the trucks roaring anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing I want to ask you is, have you seen any Yeti out there? Any Sasquatches? You know, they, they're they rumored them. to roam around out there in central PA.
5: I haven't seen them yet. And knock on wood, I haven't seen any deer either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good.
0: That's good. That's the most important one.
1: Jerry, you came up. We- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, I was going to say, how you doing, boys?
1: Oh. We are doing fine. You know, it's good to hear your voice, even though we know that you're ensconced on top of a mountain. There's no <laughs> lightning up there, is there? <laughs> no,
5: it's. Uh, we got a little breeze blowing, and fortunately the rain has subsided just a little. I was actually down at the facility earlier, and um, I had to do some, uh, some TV work. And, of course, you know, the uh, Zoom interviews were canceled live. And, uh, I mean, uh, the coordinator interviews live were canceled and they put them on Zoom. Uh, but, uh, I had already departed at that point.
1: Well, no problem about it. We, uh, that, the point I wanted to talk to you about was you wrote a great article that really talked about, you know, the pass rushing or lack of, you know, depth at pass rushing. But all these guys that the Steelers had before, the guys like Jameer Jones, like Quincy Roche, like, uh, Uh, Cassius Marsh, uh, all these guys, they're not doing much uh, at their locations either.
5: Yeah, and that was the point. Well, if everybody's bemoaning somewhat, oh, Quincy Roche is playing for the Giants. Yeah, he's playing for the Giants because they have two injuries at outside linebacker. Uh, He has one sack. Uh, You know, they're talking about Jameer Jones, who actually, as you know, started the third game against Cincinnati. Um, You know, he hasn't played the last two games uh, for the Rams. Um, and he has no sacks, no tackles for loss, no quarterback hits Cassius Marsh played one game, 22 snaps. I believe it was. And, um, you know, he has, he has the sack on Ben, but you know, the problem with that sack was that taunting penalty. And you look at Melvin Ingram, he's doing the same thing in Kansas city, which they did here, which is really next to nothing. He's played 50 some snaps and he has no sacks, no tackles for losses and no quarterback hits. So the point of the whole thing is, is the guys that they're with right now, Taco Charlton and Derek Fisca, they're no better off or worse off than they were before. So it's not like they let go of some gems that is re- that are really hurting them. Do I think it, it, their defense was, was uh, uh, you know, uh, lessened by losing Ingram? Yes. But when you're looking at it from a production standpoint, none of that has shown up on, on the tape, if you will. And, and like I said, they're no worse off than if they had uh, – than if
0: they had if they had kept those guys. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's that's one of the things we're always you know you're always like where the grass is greener right for a lot of right for right. a lot of us looking at how how this shakes out. But I think the question is is that how in this situation right with not having with not having TJ how is this going to look. Going up against a Chargers team that is that is so quarterback reliant, a team that likes to pass more than they like to rush, how do we apply pressure and how do we combat the Keenan Allen's and the Mike Williams of the world? Um, that's kind of one of the biggest things um, that we're looking at. and I think that was something like, "Oh my gosh, we should have kept Quincy Rochet." Oh my gosh, we should have kept Cassius Marsh. It's always brighter, but I mean, what do you like about Taco Charlton and Derek Tuska uh, that are going to be there and you know with Highsmith, the three man weave, so to speak? Um, in this game, if you don't have TJ.
5: Well, uh, first off, I think, uh, Max, um, I could have uh, and would have understood if they would have kept Quincy Rocher because obviously he's a rookie. They spent a draft pick on him. And if nothing else, you know, you, you put him on the practice squad, you keep him around, hope he develops. Um, that, that was the one thing. Uh, you know, Cassius Marsh's deal was was sealed soon as they signed Ingram, because you're not going to keep two veteran backups. You're always going to try and keep a younger guy in the, in the hope that he can develop. Jameer Jones surprised me a little bit, but to your point, uh, look, we haven't seen anything from Taco Charlton. That's why, uh, you know, that's why he was available when he was. Nobody else picked him up. Um, he has done nothing. He has registered nothing uh, in this time, and so same with Derek Tuska. So, it's, you know, when I say they're no worse off, it isn't like they're getting any production from those guys. But if TJ can't play, then you're relying on Taco Charlton to at least do something. And, you know, his career is checkered with doing nothing. And um, that's going to be the problem. That's why, you know, the very problem that they were encountering in the pre- in the offseason and the reason why they uh, is why they signed Mel- Melvin Ingram when they did is now the very problem that they're faced with again. So they've just pretty much have gone full cycle and they got their fingers crossed um that that, that those guys can help out i mean keith butler said a couple of weeks ago that he thought those two guys could help make up for the loss of melvin ingram and while melvin ingram has done nothing i disagree i i, I think they are worse off without melvin ingram
1: well that i can understand that because he he was the you know that reliable veteran at least right, you know to right. you know that he's not going to hurt you he might he's not maybe helping you in any great sense but he's not really hurting you at all and so i can understand that certainly you know we 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 were talking with tommy bradley before you came on the air we were, we were so wonderful to pull over in the midst of uh, sasquatch territory and risk your life standing <laughs> up on a mountain with possible lightning strikes following you but <laughs> um I, I, I'm sitting there, and uh, Tommy said something interesting. He goes, "You know, Cam Sutton is a guy that could be thought of as capable in playing over the top free safety in certain yeah, packages. Right. If you've got, in you know, you've got a guy like James Pierre, you got Justin Lane that could also uh, be, you know, used in those situations where you might pull a Cam." So I thought that was very interesting.
5: Wolf, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention that if we got into the discussion of what they're going to do. Uh, if Joe Hayden can't play and, and, and of course, Minka Fitzpatrick, especially. And what their plan is, is without Minka is, you know, a little Trey Norwood, a little Carl Joseph. You know, one of the problems why they have Trey Norwood at co- cornerback and why he dropped to six, uh, the sixth round in the draft is because his speed. And we saw right. that in the preseason or his lack of speed. He's better, closer to the line of scrimmage. So to have him play center field is a bit of a liability, but I think in certain packages, you'll see him uh, line up for Minka, and in other packages, uh, Carl Joseph is a guy who can run, which is why he was a number one pick. I think you'll see him sprinkled in there, and the X factor could be Cam Sutton, because now you could put him back there, you could put Arthur Millette at nickel, you can have James Pierre uh, on the outside, you know, it, and, and, if, and if Joe Hayden can't play, now that's a um, I, I mean, that's what you would do if he can't play so you're looking at all those different possibilities, and so when Mike Tomlin said the other day it's going to be a multiple-person job to replace Minka, um, that is certainly what he was talking about. And then if Joe Hayden can't play, that complicates it a little bit more. Um, they think he can play, or that he's going to be able to play, um, but I, um, I'm still not at the point where they're able to rubber stamp that one
0: yeah no, so okay so we 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 have figured out the defensive quandaries today on this show uh while wow, you've been on top of the mountain, so that's good. What about the offense, Jerry? I mean, you're offering all this sage wisdom uh what if Ben can't go uh you know what I mean what do you see here was my issue, Jerry. We knew what the game plan was supposed to be. I think everybody in Hines Field, except for the ones in the coach's booth, knew what we were wanting to see for the game. It, we didn't get that. We got Mason passing 50 times in suboptimal conditions. What could possibly be the worst te- the worst rush defense in the league? What is the cure for that? How do you attack that team? Well... Um you talking about? By the way, <laughs> you're talking
5: about last week or this week? You're talking about this week with the Chargers.
0: Yeah, this week for the Chargers, but it, right, the same right. game plan could have been applied last week, right? And it, and Absol- it wasn't.
5: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And and, and
0: I, I will say this:
5: when Mike Tomlin says, "You know, those numbers were skewed uh, because you know we play," uh, they played five quarters. Well, don't forget in overtime. How many times did Mason Rudolph throw in overtime? And at one point, I believe he threw. Ten straight passes, you know, because time's running out and they're trying to set up uh, obviously the field goal, which they came close to doing. So he had to throw more in overtime because of the time constraints. Um, but look, I mean, it, it, we're not going to to sit here and say that they don't want to want to run the ball or they're getting away from it is foolhardy because we've seen it the last four four games, previous four games, and the balance that they've shown throughout that they intend to run the football now see how this game plays out the key is going to be as if they if they get behind a passing team like the Chargers and then all of a sudden maybe you can't run as as much as you want and that's going to be uh the big key for the Steelers is you know their ability maybe to get on top and then be able to exploit uh that that uh, rush defense and you know they the Chargers like to play up the field they they leave themselves open to to run plays and um Uh, you know, it's a lot of, it's just going to depend again, where, you know, how quick they're able to get on top, like they did last week. If they can do that and not get behind and not have to play catch up on the road, uh, then, you know, then I think that game plan is certainly going to work. I would imagine though, Max, uh, to your point, yes, they will want to run the ball and, and, uh, not have to throw it 50 times.
1: You know, the interesting thing to me seems to be, you know, because Justin Herbert's going to throw the ball. I mean that's just right. That's who he is. That's what he does. But he's also prolific at throwing the ball down the field. This guy launches it. I'm excited to see how they're gonna with Minka not being the guy over the top. Who's gonna be over the top? Because you've got some pretty terrific receivers who get separation down the field, which really ex- helps them excel in that deep ball game. Um, and it, it, it's going to be in in my mind that's that's where the game's at. Plus, can you get pressure? On Justin Herbert, because I think one of the things that's going to be interesting, if Buttsy comes out and gets into his fire zones a little bit, I think just watching tape, Justin strikes me as one of these guys that if he gets pressured, he's just not as good as when he's sitting in the back. I mean, that's easy to say, but some quarterbacks operate better when there's pressure. They go to their hots and everything else real quick. Justin Herbert is one of those guys, I think, that uh, you can get into his head a little bit if you bang him around.
5: You know, well, one of the things that we have seen disappear from this defense are the fire zone blitzes um, that obviously were a staple of, of Dick LeBeau. And we just don't see them a whole lot anymore. Uh, we didn't see them a lot last year. We're seeing them even right. uh, you know, fewer times this year, almost to the point you could count on one hand how many times you've seen the fire zone blitz. It's all but disappeared uh, from this defense. Uh, if TJ can't play, then they're going to ha- – and let's face it, even if he does, you have to assume he's going to be far below 100%. Then you have to find other ways to generate right uh, uh, pressure on the quarterback. And, I, I, hey, look, I haven't studied Herbert enough to know whether he handles uh, uh, pressure well in terms of uh, being able to move and throw and you know what his numbers are and percentages are relative to pressure and, no, and standing in the pocket alone. Um, but, I mean, if Watt can't play – um, then you know so they're going to have to get some pressure elsewhere, and maybe the, and maybe that's what they do. But we just haven't seen that in this defense uh, much, if, if if at all, this year.
0: And and do you think that's kind of Keith Butler wanting to put his own stamp, trying to separate himself from from obviously the years of, of being with Coach LeBeau and and knowing the prolificness of his three four? Is this more so him trying to get that type of own stamp? Because I mean, you know, I question why it's it, it hasn't been utilized more when it was so effective, you know, for all right. those years that we haven't we haven't really seen a lot of it this time around. Max, I I
5: actually think that that's more of Mike Tomlin's stamp. A lot more Cover too. less Fire Zone. I think that is his philosophy, um, and that's why it has uh, diminished really since Dick LeBeau has moved on. And, well, they moved him on and they put Keith Butler in that role. I'm not saying Keith Butler uh, isn't uh, trying to get rid of it. If anything, I would think being around Dick LeBeau so long that he would, he would like a lot of those to use a lot of those same principles with that fire zone. Uh, But I think that's more Mike Tomlin's stamp and his decision uh, with his defense to get away from the fire zone. Hey, look, ideally what team wouldn't love to get pressure with just four? Not everybody. That's everybody's. Uh, uh, objective, because then you have seven in coverage. If I did my math correctly, <laughs> but um, there we go. so, uh, but I that that's where I think it comes from. I don't think it comes from Keith Butler. I think it comes from Mike Tomlin.
1: Well, Jerry, despite my lack of mathematical ability and the fact that I flunked it twice. Um, I do believe you're correct. If you got four <laughs> Russian, you got seven back. I'm going to go with you, my friend. My friend.
5: You're going you're to hang your head on that one. That's a good move.
1: Absolutely. Jerry, thank you so much for taking the time to tune in here. Watch out for the squatches. You know, you just never know if they could be around be perusing you. You know, watch out for the lightning strikes. I'd, and appreciate you. Take your time. Drive safely, my friend
5: and I will see you at the California Ball Yard on the weekend.
1: <laughs> okay, sounds good. Yes, look forward to it. There you go. All right. We'll be back after this. we got more. We'll wind up here in the last segment of In the Locker Room with Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. This is In the
0: Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Well, on a good note, one of the things that came across this morning was the fact that Chase Claypool was back, limited, but back at practice yesterday. At least that's a step forward, um, you know, for Chase, who obviously you could really use him. Because here's the thing about it, you know, James Washington, um, there, there was obviously in a, there was that desire to go long, to throw the, the, the combat catch up, the 50 50 ball to James. And James drew a PI, and then he also got a, a PI. But um, he delivered, did some good stuff. But Chase is also a guy that really makes uh, for interesting matchups for the corners anytime you get that single high safety. So, good news, hopefully, in that maybe Chase may be back.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's great news to, to have Chase back because I think Chase does provide that element that if we are going to get into a pass-heavy offensive approach,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: then I would like those type of sure type of pass catchers and the quandary players, I call them. They put, they put the defenders in quandaries to where you That's have true. to make a decision as opposed to, oh, we can just guard with our current status quo and just run a zone and have everybody cu- covered up. No, Chase Claypool makes you have to play more man. He makes you have to dedicate a bracket or to figure out how do you contain him. Because if you let him loose and he gets behind that coverage, it is a bad day when you're thinking about how a defense has to combat that. Now, I would love to say that, you know what, let's make it off of the run and the play action to then get him into those situations where you get a guy that wants to play press, but right? If we are going to play off coverage or you're going to play some type of zone and bracketing behind it, which the car, which the Chargers like to do. Uh, then that's the guy you need. You need a burner. You need a, a big burning target. And think about that. You run chase on those clear outs or some of the deeper routes. And then guess what? Your underneath game opens up. True. Hello, Pat Fryer Hello, Najee Harris. Hello, yes. James Washington. And then you still have Deontay Johnson. You get focused over here on the left hand. You forget about the right hand. Right. And Deontay still is a guy who can make you pay as well. So having that full option set list is always the best thing, and I hope we do get Chase back.
1: Also, uh, Trey Turner didn't practice. Kevin Dotson didn't practice. T.J. Watt did not practice. He expected T.J. not to. Kevin Dotson, I had a feeling we, m- we might not be seeing him for a couple of I don't know, maybe a game or two. Who knows? I mean, if it was a high ankle sprain, those high ankle yeah. sprains are slow to come around. They they are very problematic, and it's very hard for an offensive lineman with an ankle. Um, you know, you're you're doing a lot of pushing out there. You're you know you're sinking on bull rushes and stuff like that. And if you've if you've been ankle aided there, uh, that can be problematic for you because you just can't get a push.
0: No, I, I, I listen, what happened to Kevin Doss? I remember vividly that happening to me week two against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And I had to be carted off the field. But, I, I mean, it's so bad It because the high ankle sprain, you have to think of it like this. We all know the normal, you know, what we call an eversion ankle sprain where you kind of roll your ankle, right, right walking like, oh, oh, man, that's, that's an ankle sprain, right? right. O- old oh, basketball now that's, injury, that's, right? that's, well, Hold yeah.
1: on now. Your wife is a doctor. All right, so now that's how you come up with E versions and inversions. Okay, right? I mean, come on. You got you got to uh, give me a break here, no. okay?
0: I, I was actually in a magnet school for sports medicine in high school. <laughs> what haven't you done? I mean, it's like you, educationally. I, mean, I have I haven't performed surgery, okay? Thank you for that. Okay, asking, well, thank did you. okay, good. I in Express last night. No. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I know cuz my mom will yeah. be sitting there going you know, honey, it would be so so nice if you could say things like eversion and inversion, you know? <laughs> My our hoopy. you know? <laughs> yeah, Wouldn't yeah, that be exactly. nice? Yeah. Well, mom, if I'd gone to class a little bit more. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah semantics.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or ceramics as I like to report them. <laughs>
0: ceramics, this. yeah. But but you know, the the high ankle sprain has a different mm-hmm. mechanism to it because it's no longer it's not just the ankle twisting but it's the knee twisting as well so i remember when i had my high ankle sprain i thought i thought i tore my knee
1: yeah i mean
0: that that's how bad it feels because you don't know how high up in the shin region it goes for a high ankle sprain because you have both those bones twisting right and you have the muscle and the sheeps so it prov- it's one of those it's so problematic because you can get knee issues from the high ankle sprain <laughs> and that's why it's so tough to diagnose and why it takes so much time to heal.
1: Oh, makes sense. All right, we got to wind up with our last caller of the day the CR and Juan show. Let's go to CR in Chicago who I think is joined by Juan.
3: Hey, good morning, guys. See you all in Chicago. Good morning, guys. We're on the Charter connection. How you guys doing?
1: We're fabulous and how are you good morning, guys,
3: guys today? Hey, hey, we be doing Go ahead, good, can't complain. Doing yes. good, can't complain. Course you All right, let's give me the, the
4: what's going on here. We got we have four calls yesterday, twenty one calls this week, one hundred sixty eight calls this season. Go ahead,
3: Juan. Hey, so um, with the upcoming game, with uh, with um what's going on, on the West Coast? We know there's going to be a home game. So what you guys got to say about that? With the Steelers, you know, over there on the West Coast.
1: Max, you've spent more time on the West Coast than I have, my friend.
0: <laughs> I I, would, I I mean, I would love for this to be a, a Steelers home game. I think Sofi Stadium is a great second home facility if we're gonna look at it. You know, I, I look at it as, as when we go to Arizona when they when 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 we play the Cardinals, that feels like a home game. So it would be only right that the Chargers would then be another West Coast. We need a we do need a beach house. You know, everybody wants a beach house um so would be a great beach house to have i'm just hoping beach we make sure that we, <laughs> yeah, we we do show up and show out so that the chargers know that yes you're cool when there's nothing else to do in town but when the steelers come to town this is steelers nation forever and we are going to show out so i need the black and gold i don't want to see the powder blue and yellow dominating the <laughs> stadium that is my goal so juan I'm putting, it, I'm putting it on top of UNCR. You guys are connecting the dots across the entire U.S. Make sure you let Steelers Nation Unite know to show up and go get those extra tickets and get <laughs> in that stadium for Sunday night football.
3: Hey, okay, I, hey, I got on. you, Max. I got you, Max. I'm going to go ahead and put the word out there for you.
1: <laughs> Very good. Hey, no day. problem. Hey, but I hey, got to say it, one it. thing. Hold on. One thing. You got to yeah. admit, the, the prettiest uniforms in the old AFL had to be those old San Diego Charger uniforms, the powder blue. Those were great. Those oh, were, yeah. but, oh, but the yeah. fact that you, you equated
0: with pretty blue. with a male uh, It's okay, that's San attire. Diego.
1: It was San Diego. Yeah, it was right? San
0: Diego. Oh, is that what you put? It's there a West go. Coast <laughs> thing. It's a West Coast thing. You know You could be you could be pretty in San Diego. Right. You, you get Steel steeltown
1: <laughs> tough in Pittsburgh. That's the way it goes, bud. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: San Diego <laughs> was, was, was really tight with uh Carriel and and uh, and uh and uh the the air show man but uh, hey, guys! You know, you started off the the show talking about um, about the uh, bears and stuff like that, man. I, I just remind you, I I read a I, I read a story a while back. I don't know about sixteen years ago, where um, it, the the circus was in town, and um, you know they got a bunch of clowns in the circus, but they also had some wild animals, and uh, and one of the bears got loose, and unfortunately, he got ran over by a bus. So uh, the Rooney family, you know, being the family that they are, they um. They they put a program in place with the city saying that anytime there would be wild animals like bears in the city, that uh, they would have a contingency plan to take care of that. And so they they worked out something with, with the coach. And I understand a couple of weeks ago the, the bears was back in town again. And so um, coach um, the sealers got together with his team and they kind of rushed them out of town with 168 uh, yards. And uh, they put them, sent them back to their natural habitat in <laughs> AFC North, where they're living people and quiet with a three and six record. So, uh, what do you guys think about
1: that? Well, I'm glad you finally brought the the the, the those threads of the story together. <laughs> I, I mean, thought that's full circle. I there. was afraid you were gonna like yeah. a be, go like a moving train right off the track, right? But you pulled it together and pulled back from the edge of doom. Nice job, Cr.
0: I love yeah. the way you wrap that up. That was a great that was a great, that was a great like, you know, narrative there. I I, I like that, CR. That was a good
1: one. <laughs> I thought it was gonna go with one of the bears eating one of the clowns and you know, there's a story behind there. And I, I didn't know. I, I so good for you, bud. Hey,
4: hey, hey Mac. Wolf is always yeah. talking about eating. It's
1: gotta be <laughs> yeah, some- yes he <laughs> is. It's been a it's lifelong be problem, CR. <laughs> Just a lifelong problem. All right, okay, anything hey, else man, boys? Because we gotta get rolling here towards the end.
3: Hey, um, one one more thing, and you guys can talk about it. Um, the Raptors released Libby on Bell. What you got to say about that?
1: <laughs> yeah, Guess interesting. We didn't
0: make a bad decision on letting him go. That's all I. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it was appropriate. Jets,
0: Chiefs, Ravens, oh my! Yes.
1: <laughs> Although Harbaugh says I may bring him back, you just never know. So it, we might see him. I could see Harbaugh bringing Le'Veon Bell back when the week of the Steelers game, just for some just because I think he's that kind of guy.
0: Yeah, just, just oh, well. to dig the dagger in.
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: Okay, guys. Hey, in the meantime, in the between time, here we go still is. Here we go.
1: Thanks, fellas. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you guys got it down. Good deal. All right, yeah, that's interesting that Love Bell again was, you know, uh, re- was released by uh the Ratbirds. Here's the thing, Max. I look at that young man and it's just it's it's he, man, just like so a B. So yeah, so I mean, th- there so was just skill. so much there, and it was just, wow. You know, you just you shake your head. But so yeah. be it. You got to move along here, Max. Thank you so much. What a great day it's been. A joy, as always. Even though you're chasing your dog and you're actually out of the, room. I thought you were in the room. And the only time I knew that you were there was when into my screen the big thumb came down. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah
0: yeah that 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 was a thumbs down to let you know hey i've got to go run and get this dog because he ran down the driveway
1: (laughs) i'm sorry we need a hand sign for that one thumbs down is not okay i'm out of the room chasing the dog down the driveway (laughs) well that just means i'm down on the
0: headsets i'm down on the headsets so don't don't call for me (laughs) it'll be embarrassing
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's a moment we don't want to have max thank you so much appreciate you we'll be dialing up tomorrow morning. Folks, thank you for joining us in the locker room. We appreciate you. Stay tuned for Stan Sabrin and more after this.